Would you turn to Romans, please, the first chapter? In praying about direction for this morning, the Lord's been stirring this in my spirit for some months now. And I thought maybe it would be a little later on. But as I got to uh, looking at it last night, I realized it's now. So I'd stay up all night. (laughs) I shouldn't say had to, got to. And enjoyed it too. Romans 1. I want to read uh, two or three verses here in the book of Romans. And then tell you the direction that I have on my heart. Romans, the first chapter, and the fifth verse, Romans 1 5, says, By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Everybody say, Obedience to the faith. Say it again. Obedience to the faith. One more time. Obedience to the faith. Go to the 10th chapter, please. No, no. Go to the 16th chapter. Romans 16, last chapter of the book. Romans 16 and 26. Well, let me read verse 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for what? For the obedience of faith. Say that out loud. The obedience of faith. Two more times. The obedience of faith. One more time. The obedience of faith. That's the title of our new series. The obedience of faith. Obedience and faith are tied together. And I don't think we've seen this like we should have. So many times when people think of faith, they think of belief and doing nothing. We believe. you got millions of people in churches all over this country today. They believe. They believe. They believe. But what do they do? Do they do what they say they believe? Well, millions don't. And it's not what you know, it's what you do. And what you should do is obey. Obey. The further I go, the more I see what a huge, huge thing this is. In fact, I'm going to make some big statements here. Don't take my word for it. Think about it. Every bad thing that's ever happened in the earth is because somebody disobeyed. Every good thing 
that's ever happened in the earth. I know that's a big statement. That's a giant, huge statement. But check it out. Think about it. Meditate on it. Every good thing that's ever happened in your life came back to you obeying. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me right now. We've enjoyed some blessings the last two or three years. And we're just getting started. But why am I looking at you? Why are Phyllis and I in Branson? Why aren't we still in Mississippi? Living in our little mobile home. Huh? Had to obey and go to Ramah. Had to obey and volunteer 40, 50 hours a week at healing school. Had to obey and stay and serve 20-something years. We're established and thought we were making progress. And the Lord says, uh, leave your associations. Leave your hobbies. Leave your connections. Leave what you have uh, accumulated and go to another place. Well, how many understand everything that has happened in connection with us here, would it have happened if we had not obeyed? No. 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 Every good thing that's happened in your life has happened because you have obeyed. Now you're beginning to get a little stirring of what's going to begin to be started here. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you, which is not enough, but hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you have served on teams. Not because you thought you had the time or because it was convenient, but because you obeyed. Is that right? And how many can raise your hand and say, because you obeyed, some good things have happened for you. Are you in doubt about this? Are you wondering about this? Are you sure? Because you obeyed, good things have been happening. Phyllis and I are not just here to entertain you. We're not here just for you to serve us. We are to be leaders to set examples. And we are to be mouthpieces for the Lord to speak through. To give instruction. You're to check it out by the Word of God. You're to check it out by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. But you're to expect direction. And if it's from Him through us, then if you obey it, you wouldn't just be obeying us. You'd be obeying Him. How many remember what was a year or two ago? The Lord stirred Phyllis up real big and she got up and she said, get a picture. Huh? Get a picture of that thing. Take a big red marker and write paid. Huh? Sold. Excuse me. Write sold because people were trying to sell houses and relocate. Excuse me. Sold. S-O-L-D in red. Write it across it. Put it up where you can see it. But see, that was something beyond her. But you had people that went a whole year before they did it. And a lot of people never did it. And then you got testimonies two and three years later said, yeah, I heard y'all say that. And you know. I just didn't do it. My house didn't sell for another year and a half. And I thought, you know, I think I'll just do that. Sold two weeks. 
Well, now here's the question. Why wait a year and a half? But see, this is happening all the time because the nature of sin, the nature of the devil, the nature of the unrenewed mind and flesh is no. Rebellion. Disobedience. And I'm telling you, it is causing untold pain in the earth. It is destroying marriages. It is ruining children. It is destroying business and finances and churches. This refusal to obey. No, you don't have to obey. But it'll cost you. And it'll cost you dearly. I don't believe that we're overseeing a rebellious church. I don't believe that I'm leading a disobedient bunch. We're going to be the obedient bunch. We're faith life church. What goes with faith? Obedience. Goes with faith. If you are a real faith person, you are a God obeyer. Can't be a faith person and not obey God. You're a faith person, you are a God obeyer. Say it out loud, I'm a faith person. And I obey God. I don't wait to obey God. I obey quickly. Promptly. I obey fully. By the grace of God. I obey God. Keep your words working on this. Now the reality is that we have millions upon millions on this planet that are in rebellion with God. They are in disobedience. And I'm talking now about Christians. You've got millions of Christians. Millions that are in disobedience to what he has said to them. You've got 50-year-olds that God told them to do something when they were 12. And they have not done it and they have no intention of doing it. You've got millions of them. And we're not to judge anybody else. We can't control other people. But we sure can get a hold of ourselves by the year. And we can say we are through messing around, we are through yielding to the enemy and letting him trip us up and yielding to our flesh and dragging our feet and taking two years to do anything that God tells us to do. He does not have to give us a burning bush or ride it in the sky and send 35 witness beside us. When he prompts us, we move. When he tells us to do it, we do it. Don't you want the Holy Spirit to find you easy to work with? Say it out loud. I will not be stubborn. I will not be rebellious. I will not be slow to obey. I'll be quick to obey. Go to Romans 10. Romans 10 This is the word sender passage. Verse 14. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? What's the answer? They won't. How will they believe in him on whom they have not heard? They won't. How will they hear without a preacher? 
They won't. Somebody says, well, maybe somebody could play them a tape. Or somebody just reading it. Not the same. God calls people and anoints them to proclaim this. And it's different than just somebody reading it without that anointing. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. He calls and anoints people. And uh, that's how faith comes. Not just by the mechanical hearing of the word. But how many remember Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing's right here. Hearing by what? By the word of what? If you've looked that up, you'll see it literally it says Christ. Word of the Christ. What does Christ mean? The anointed one. And it includes his anointing. How does faith come? Not just by hearing the syllables and the sounds bounce off your eardrum. It's the anointing on the spoken word. Come on now. That causes faith to rise up in you. Now, he went on to say, how will they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Why are the feet so beautiful? It's because that's what brought them there to you. So you could hear it. So you and I are word senders. This is a word sender church. Sin. The feet help get that body there so the mouth could speak and the anointing could go. And you and I are word senders to help send ministers, ministries, vehicles, technology, right? Whatever to get this word sent so people can hear it. I'm excited about it. It's bigger than I can say. We are word senders. This is a word sender church. And there will be many other word sender churches. Strong. To send the word. He said, verse 16, they have not all obeyed the gospel. They have not what? Now see, now get this. We've emphasized certain passages and thoughts like believe the gospel but here what did he say he didn't say they just didn't believe it what did he say they didn't obey it why say that isn't a big thing for the people to believe the gospel well you're talking about the same thing because keep reading they have not all obeyed the gospel for isaiah says lord who has what Believed our report. Why does he say that? Why does he connect believing the report to obeying the gospel? Because if you believe it, you'll obey it. Oh, did you get this now? If you believe it, you obey it. Failure to obey reveals lack of faith. It reveals lack of trust. God's a faith God. He requires faith of us. How's that faith shown? He'll tell you to do something. And you won't see why and you won't see how. And millions of people don't do it. They say because they don't know how. They don't see how. They say they don't do it because they can't. But it's not true. They fail to do it simply because they don't trust him enough. It's just like the classic picture. Of daddy standing in the swimming pool. And little Johnny up on the diving board. 
And he says, jump. He says, I can't. Is it true that he can't? No, he can. But if he refuses to jump, he said, no, I'm not jumping. I'm not. No, daddy says, jump, jump. No, I'm not jumping. Why won't he jump? It's a lack of trust. Oh, did you get this? It's a lack of trust when you, and trust is a faith word, when you believe, when you trust, you do it. When you won't do it, it's because you don't trust. Now, Phyllis and I have done this, you know, more than one major time. Leave everything and go to the unknown. Step out to do something and not see how in the world you could do it. Don't know anybody. Don't have the resources. What is that? Dr. Lillian B. Yeomans made a statement that in one of her little books that just stuck with me. He says, God delights in his children stepping out over the aching void with nothing underneath their feet but the word of God. God delights. It pleases him. In his children stepping out over the aching void. I mean, you've got to be trusting something to step out and there's nothing there you can see. Step out of the boat and put your foot on the wave and you know that every time in your life you've ever seen anybody step on the wave, they went down. You've got to be trusting somebody to step out. To obey. Say it one more time. The obedience. obedience. Of faith. What is obedience? Let me read the definition of obedience to you. Literally. If you look at the different words that are translated. Obedience or obey. In the Old Testament. New Testament. Obey means. To listen to. To pay attention to. To yield to. To submit to, those last two equal this, to do. If you're going to yield to and submit to somebody telling you to do something, how would that work? Someone says, oh, I yield to you. I yield to you. I believe in you. So do it already. I yield to you. I submit. I believe in you. So do it. Uh, I believe in you. Man, I yield to you. I respect you. I submit to you. So do it already. How many understand? It's not necessary to tell someone 45 times how much you believe in them if you just say, here we go. How many of that action says volumes? Action. To obey. It means to listen to and pay attention to, to yield to, to submit to. And you could just sum it up by saying, do it. How many remember Jesus' mother at the wedding feast? They run out of wine. Remember that? And uh, they had a miracle. They had a miracle a lot of people don't believe to this day. People say water does not change on a molecular level, atomic level, and become another liquid in milliseconds inside a container. Yes, it does. 
And it did. <laughs> Do you believe it? I believe it. Absolutely. I believe it. I believe it. It happened. That's a miracle, isn't it? If water can turn into wine, then cancer can turn into healthy flesh. Right? Money can come to you and pay off your stuff. Right? God is a God of miracles. He can do it. But now go back to it. How did it happen? Huh? His mother turned to the servants at the feast. Tell me what she told him. What did she tell him? She said, now whatever he tells you, hmm? you do it. Do it. So simple. And yet millions are not doing it. So he, he says, take and fill those big water pots up with water. They didn't know of any reason to do that. They're in the middle of a wedding feast. They got duties to do. They don't need water. They need wine. And if you get in your head, you'll talk yourself right out of the miracle. And the bottom line is, for whatever reason, you'll have all kind of good reasons. But for whatever it is, bottom line is, you didn't do it. All kind of good intentions, all kind of beliefs, all kind of convictions and persuasions. But what does it matter if you don't do it? Hmm? Make up your mind. You are not just going to be a Christian that comes and sit in church and nod your head and you believe a bunch of stuff on paper. But you're a do-nothing. Said out loud. We've said it before. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Whatever He says to me, I do it. I don't play with it. I don't talk about it for six months. I don't ask everybody near brother what they think about it. Whatever He says to me, I do. That will absolutely revolutionize your life. I know it sounds simple, but don't let it pass you by. They don't need water. They need wine. They've got duties to do. It's a lot of work. You can't just drop a hose in these big things. They hold about 30 gallons apiece. You can't just put a water hose and say, turn it on. You've got to go to the well. You've got to draw it. You've got to haul it and dump it in and go back and get some more and dump it in. I mean, this is work. It's hard. You're in the middle of a party. You're supposed to be doing stuff. You know why it's in the book, though? Why is it in the book? They did it. That wasn't the end of it. They said, well, whew, we got them filled up. Don't know why. He said, all right. Now dip out a big batch of it. Take it to the governor of the feast. Now I'm sure every one of them in harmony thought at the same time. Why? Why Why would you do that? You'd probably spit it out and throw the cup down and go, what? What is this? And there would have been a thousand reasons why not to do it. And the story wouldn't have been in the book. But what they do? Come on, tell me what they did. 
Why did they do it? They trusted him. They believed in him. There was the obedience of faith manifested. And what else happened on the end of that? Miracle. Miracle. They obeyed. They did what he told them to do. Glory to God. And the miraculous occurred. They're standing there. Maybe ready maybe to throw their cloak up in case there's a flying cup. <laughs> Here you go. And the guy took a big slug of it and he goes, wow. They're looking at each other going. <laughs> it's H2O. Wow, this, this is amazing. Where'd you get this? Well, you saved the best to last. They're looking at each other going. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. Notice how quickly something can change. Yes. Notice how quickly. How quickly by the power of God something can be turned around. I mean, they're in lack, they're in embarrassment, and boom, they're honored. Yes. And have extra. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now tell me how it happened. Tell me how it happened. Not by sitting on the side, trying to figure it out, trying to reason it out, asking a hundred questions. No. No, there's time to quit talking and do it. Do it. Just do it. Obey. Act on it. Hallelujah. Go to Deuteronomy. Please, Deuteronomy 11. Are you believing with me for utterance? On this series, you know it's not all up to me. Utterance is greatly affected by the hearers. And you know how we do. We, this won't be the end of this today. We'll be on it. We'll camp on it. We'll, uh, we'll meditate it and talk it. Preach it and teach it and shout about it. Yes. Pray about it. Yes, till when we sweat, yes. obedience comes out of our pores. Yes. Yes. When we smile, people go, boy, that's an obedient looking smile. You go, you're right, it's, I'm obedient. <laughs> Have obedient hair. ha. <laughs> Obedient children. Some of the best. It's best. Obedient children. Obedient pets. Obedient yard. I mean, obedient. Just obedient. Now, you may think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. Again and again, disobedience in kids comes right back to disobedience in parents. Diso, you know, failure and, and rebellion in different areas of company or employees. So many people, they want people to obey them, but they won't obey anybody. So they're sowing rebellion and wanting to reap obedience and compliance. Doesn't work. What if you sowed obedience and trust? Obedience and trust. Well, it wouldn't be long. You're going to start reaping obedience and trust, everything produces after its own kind. Deuteronomy 11, are you there? 
Deuteronomy 11. I'm going to read a few of these to you. And we're going to take communion over this today. Hmm? Body and blood of the Lord represents him and our redemption. How many know he was never disobedient to the Father? He never has, never will rebel against the Father. That's the devil who has rebelled against God. And we'll have no part of it and want no part of it in us. Don't be proud because you're stubborn. Repent. Don't be proud because you're hard-headed. Think, well, I'm my own man. Nobody tells me what to do. (laughs) You're rebellious and disobedient. And the reason you're that way is because you're so insecure. The reason you think you've got to put on a strong front and show everybody that they don't run you is because you're insecure. You're weak. When you're strong and you know who you are in God and you know who your God is and you know what your future is. You don't feel like you got anything to prove. You can say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Right away. Be glad to. And do it. Still a feeling threatened every time you need to comply. Deuteronomy 11. God has always been this way. If you, you know, if I went over with you today what I looked at all night. We'd be here the rest of the day. But have you noticed how many times in the scripture the Lord said, if you obey me, I'd be here the rest of the week trying to read every one of these. They're in the thousands. If you obey me, obey me, obey my commandments, hearken to my statutes. What's he saying again and again? Do what I tell you to do. Do obey me. Do what I tell you to do. Listen to me. Hearken means pay attention, listen, and do. Obey, hearken, do. And it didn't stop in the Old Testament. Goes right on through to the New. Listen to me. Do what I tell you. Obey me. And we're going to see in just a moment the heart of God about this. I'm telling you, it's something that he has deep feelings about. It runs deep inside him. Something that's so important to him. He said in Deuteronomy 11 and 26. I'm going to read a couple of these and just turn to a few of them to you. Deuteronomy 11, 26. The Lord says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. How many believe it's true? In other words, it's a choice, your choice. I am I'm making available to you a blessing, a blessed life, or a cursed life. What's the very next phrase? Keep reading. Very next phrase. A blessing if, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey. The commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day. To go after other gods which you've not known them. A blessing if you obey. A curse if you disobey. Say that out loud. A blessing if you obey. A curse if you disobey. 
Go to the book of uh, Job. Job 36. Like I said, you know there are many of these. Many of these. But just look at a few of them. Which do you want? Blessing? Or curse? Well, is it up to you which one you have? What's your part? My part? You must obey. It's not just a matter of saying, okay, I pick the blessing. I choose it. So I'll take it now. Give me the blessing. I choose it. No, you choose it by what? By obeying. So I thought you choose it by faith. That's what I just got through saying. Faith is not separated from obedience. What is faith? Faith is persuasion. Faith is trust. And when you trust your maker, you obey him. You prove to him that you obey him. It's no longer just talk. When you act and you do what he tells you to do, you have proven to him, to the devil, anybody else is watching, that you trust your God. You believe in him and you obey him and blessing is yours. Look at Job. I like this. Job 36, 11. Job 36, 11. He said, if they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. God wants you to have any pleasure in this life? He wants you to have any prosperity in this life? That's quite a good verse. If they obey, Amplified says, if they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity. They'll spend their years in pleasantness and joy. If you fully obey God year after year, things will go good for you. You'll just be, oh, you have some challenges, but you'll overcome them. And you'll just be blessed and your life will be good. Because you obey. What's the next verse say? But, but, if they obey not, they perish, this is amplified, they perish by the sword, destructive judgments, and they'll die in ignorance of true knowledge. You know one of the worst things about disobeying? You never know what you missed. All you know is you're unhappy. All you know is you're unfulfilled. And a lot of people blame somebody else for it, but it's because they didn't obey. Hmm? I know in my heart, if Phyllis and I had not obeyed God, what, 30 years ago, and left our families, and left our little jobs, and what we knew, and left my hot rod, and <laughs> even left my dog. Where would we be if we had not obeyed the first step? We certainly would never got here. Where would we be? I'm convinced we'd probably be on our third marriage with somebody else. Broke, miserable. Did you hear me? Frustrated. If you don't obey, what's going to happen? Read the rest of it. You'll perish. Are there people perishing? Even believers perishing? Going down the drain? 
And people want to act like it's some great mystery. We just, we don't know why. It's just a mystery. The devil, it's just the devil. The devil's just destroying everybody. He can't. He can't. You have to cooperate with him. You got to work with him. And I tell you what, rebellion is his cup of tea. It is his nature. It's him. Inside and out. And when you're yielding to rebellion, you're in his company. He's got his arm around you. He's going, that's right. Tell him no. Tell him not no, but absolutely no. You can't make me na 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 no. <laughs> Tell him again. Tell him you're your own man. Nobody tells, nobody tells me what to do. Oh yeah, you can do it. And as the years go by, and you're not spending your days in pleasures and prosperity. You're perishing. You're dying here. Hmm? And you want to blame it on the devil. And you want to blame it on your ex-wife or ex-husband. And you want to blame it on that mean employer. And you'll try. That just makes you more miserable. And the truth is, you have not obeyed. You did not do what he told you to do. And he's not going to change. You can try to get him to rewrite his plan for your life, but it's not happening. Let's not do that. Go to another one, Isaiah 1. I've got this and one other thought I want us to have firm in us before we take communion. Isaiah 1, no. A lot of you have it marked. 19th verse. Are you there? Tell me what it says. If you be willing, that's not all. Huh? And what? Means you got to do it. Not just be willing to do it. You've got to go on beyond being willing to do it and talking about doing it and going, yeah, praise God, one of these days I'm going to do it. No, you got to go beyond that and actually do it. Do it. What will happen to you? You shall eat the good of the land. NIV says you'll eat the best from the land. The living Bible says, if you will only obey, I will make you rich. The living Bible, verse 19. If you will only obey, then I will make you rich. Should we be rich? Yes. Or disobedient? No. Should the mentality of the church be changed? So that people when they see a man of God, a woman of God, a child of God being blessed. They don't go, I don't like that. If we're obeying God. We're supposed to be getting blessed. It is not the Bible that we obey God, obey God, obey God, and get broker and broker. That's not the Bible. That's not the will of God. Is that going to encourage the rest of God's kids? You say, look at Brother Keith. 
He served God with all his heart for 30 something years. And man, he's so poor, he can't pay his electric bill. Don't you want to serve God faithful? So you can be broke. How about your own kids? If they obey, should they be cursed? No. The ones that obey and obey, the ones that get their good grades, they do their chores, they're obedient, they're submissive, they ought to get uh, privileges. Shouldn't they? They ought to get to do things that the other kids don't get to do. Privileges. Benefits. They ought to be blessed. Well, you're not smarter than your heavenly father. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the best. What verse 20 say though? Verse 20. Very next verse. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll still eat the good of the land. No, you won't. You will be devoured with the sword. Uh, the living Bible says it like this. If you keep turning your backs and refusing to listen to me, you'll be killed by your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken it. You'll be devoured. You'll be consumed. You'll be destroyed if you resist and rebel. I know this is basic. I know you've heard it. But friend, this is a big issue in every life here. Hmm? How many are ready to jump up and say, I have obeyed everything he's told me to do every day of my life. <laughs> no, you're not. Don't need looking back. <laughs> but can you obey today? Yes. Now look at this. I want you to see the Father's heart before we receive communion over this. Go back to Deuteronomy 5. What a personal thing this is to him. For numerous reasons, Deuteronomy 5, can you say in truth, I am a believer and never obey? No, No, you can't. Obedience of faith and obedience to the gospel is the truth. When you believe You obey. Deuteronomy 5 and 27. Listen to this. 5, 27. He said, Go thou near and hear all that the Lord our God will say and speak to us all the Lord our God will speak to thee. We'll hear it and do it. The Lord heard the voice of your words when you spoke to me. And the Lord said to me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people, which they've spoken to me. They have well said all that they have spoken. What did they say? Verse 27, what did they say? Whatever the Lord says to us, we will hear it and we will do it. That is the definition of obeying. Hear it, which has to do with receiving it. Receiving it, hearing it, and acting upon it, doing it. They Put yourself there. They saw the fire of God consume the mountain. They heard the audible voice of Jehovah speaking out of the fire. It shook them all to their core. And they all said like one man, we'll do it. Yes. Whatever he says, we will do it. But please, you go up and talk to him this time. 
We're afraid if we hear him again, we'll die. Our God is awesome. He is a consuming fire. He is so powerful, so great. And when they said that, can you see that? When they said it, it pleased the Lord. He said, they have well spoken. It ple- what pleased him about what they said? We'll hear it. We'll do it. But he knows the end from the beginning. And he knows while they're standing down there going, yes, we'll do it. We'll do it. He knows. No, they're not going to do it. And it affected him. Listen to what he said. Verse 29. What's the first word? Oh. Now we've already talked about this letter slash word. It's an expression that goes beyond something in your head. It's something in your heart. We shouted about, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's so good. It gets to where you just go, oh, oh. Oh, there's another side of this, though, that's not in joy. Oh. What does it say? Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me, respect me, that they would keep my commandments always. Why? So it would be well with them. And their children forever. He knows the end from the beginning. And they're standing out there going, the Lord, he is God. And what? yes, he just gave them, you know, what we call the Ten Commandments. No other gods before me. Don't lie. Don't steal. No murder. Honor your father and mother. No false witness, et cetera, et cetera. No covetousness. And they're standing out there going, yes, yes, we'll do it. We'll do it. How many know not long after this, they made a gold calf? Huh? Just days after this. They made a gold calf. That's the first thing he told them. No images. No other gods. But on this day, they are shaken by his power and his glory. They're right there in the presence of the Almighty. They heard his very voice. And they said, we'll do it. We'll do it. We will hear it. And we will do it. He said, it's good. It's good that you said that. That's Yes. Then he says, oh, oh, that you really did have a heart to listen to me and do what I've told you to do. Because what? Come on, get the rest of it. Because what? So it would go good for you. What is God's heart? He is good. He, his nature is goodness. And blessing. You want to please God? Let Him bless you. Makes Him happy. What is wealth and power if you don't have anybody to share it with? Huh? So you got the most expensive new car on the planet. What if you got nobody to ride around in it? You got the biggest house. You got the best food. Nobody enjoy it with. No, God has everything. He has all power, all knowledge, all wisdom. He had servants. He had angels. He had the universe. He had his power. But he wanted a family 
to bless, to express it on. But he's perfectly just and righteous. He can't bless disobedience. He can't bless rebellion and defiance against him. He'd be unjust. Be just like your child. You tell them to do something. They bring in all F's. You tell them to do the chores. They don't do them. So you buy them a new car. The worse they act, you just get them new clothes and say, here, baby, let me do this for you. You're foolish. You are an unjust and unfair parent. God is not unfair. Oh, but his heart. Can you sense it, friends? The great heart of our father yearns to heal and bless, deliver and prosper and promote and increase. Oh, he's so big. He has so much in him and on him and through him. He just wants to thrill you. He wants to fill you with joy. He wants to exceed your expectations. He wants to just make your life beyond anything that you have ever imagined or thought. How many times you hear the creator of the heavens and the earth go, Oh, he's not easily moved. He's not moved greatly with minute and trivial things. Can you see this is close in his heart? This is deep inside him. And what did he proclaim? Oh, that my people would do what? Huh? Oh, that there was such a heart in them. We're going to stand up here and take communion in a few minutes. The eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth. I want him to look down here this morning and he's with us and in us already. I want him to see in us a heart to respect him. A heart to keep his commandments. A heart to obey him. You hadn't done everything right. I hadn't done everything right. But we can have 100% a whole heart towards him this morning to obey him. Can we? We can have a willingness and a heart to obey him. Go to Psalm 81. This goes far beyond this in other passages. But Psalm 81. Oh, that they had a heart to listen to me, keep my commandments. It would go well with them and their children forever. Psalm 81. God does not have two standards, a double standard. He does not tell us to do one thing and he does something else. He does not. You know, he tells children in Ephesians 6, what did he say? Children. Obey your parents. Hmm? Why? He said, this is the first commandment with a promise. What? What if the child obeys the parents? It'll go well with them. Sound like these other scriptures we've read. They'll spend their days in prosperity and in pleasures. It'll go there. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. It'll go well with them and, and they'll live long. On the earth, right here, right now, long life. Well, see, we're his kids. We're his kids. When you're training your children, you're training them to do that with their father as they grow up. They'll always be his child. So it applies directly to us. We are his children. He's telling us, children, 
Obey your parent. Me. Obey me and it will go well with you. Look at this. Psalm 81. This whole psalm is full of this. But notice this. Psalm 81. Oh, down in about verse 12 or so. Psalm 81. Well, 10. I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Mm, mm, mm. New Living says, I will fill it with good things. Let me read this to you out of the living, New Living Translation. It was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. Verse 11. Verse 11. Look up here at the New Living. Verse 11. What? But no. No. My people wouldn't listen to me. Israel did not want me around. So I let them. Notice it wasn't his will. wasn't his plan. His plan was for them to obey him. But if you're not going to obey him, he will let you. Do what you want to do. So I let them follow their blind and stubborn way, living according to their own desires. But oh, oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me, walking in my paths. What if you would? Look at the next verse. How quickly I would subdue their enemies. How soon my hand would be on their foes. Does it hinder God from defending you when you won't obey him? Certainly it does. Why is it that you see people, children of God, their enemies just keep beating on them, keep beating on them year after year when they got a defender like God? He said, if you'd obey me, I'd quickly, I'd quickly come to your defense. Verse 15, those who hate the Lord would cringe before him. Their desolation would last forever. But, verse 16, but I would feed you with the best of foods. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. Sounds like other scripture we've read. If you'll obey, if you'll be willing and obedient, if you'll obey. Oh, do you see this? Can you see this? Are you stirred up about it at least a little bit? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Do you hear him say again in verse 13? Oh, that my people had hearkened to me, that they'd listened to me and obeyed me, that they'd walked in my ways. This is God talking. He does not use superfluous descriptors. He's not just get carried away emotionally. This is because this is something very, very deep inside him. And he, God, the Almighty on the throne says, Oh, my God now. Oh, that you would listen to me. Every parent can identify with this. Teachers, coaches. Employers, especially if you've got a good heart and you're right 
and the whole thing you set up for their good. You're trying to help them. You're trying to bless them. You show them how to do it and they go, no. I'm my own man. No kowtow to nobody. I do what I want. When I want. By golly. Well, you're a fool. You're a fool. And you will not eat the good of the land. And you will not, it will not go well with you. And you will not live a long time on the earth. You won't qualify. It is written, you'll be destroyed because you rebelled. How many know the word of God is just as true on that verse as it is the one about how blessed you'll be if you obey? Just as true. Just as true. But it's your choice. It's my choice. I don't care if you have been the poster child for rebel without a cause or reason or rhyme. It can be over today. I said it can be over today. You can repent. You can stand up here with the elements in just a moment. And you can humble your heart before the Lord and you can say, my rebellious days are over. No more. By the grace of God, I will not stick out my lip and stiffen my neck and harden myself. I will humble myself and I will submit to you and I'll do what you tell me the rest of my life. You are my Lord, my Lord and my master. I serve you. That doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Stand up on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.